Amen. If you turn the light on in the back, then people who have Bibles can see. Get a little warm in here, huh? You like it? You like the warm? To a point, huh? Yeah. Warmer is better than colder. Just a couple announcements. We've been doing mentoring on Monday night and had a great time. We have three different groups. And we're going to take time off now and come back in January 5th and start three new groups right here. So those groups are going to continue. I want to start a couple new ones. So if you want to be in a mentoring group where you meet for accountability, for encouragement, uh, and we focus on the qualities of Christ, Christ likeness, that's what we're looking for. We want to be like Christ. Pardon? At this point, it's for the guys. But if the girls want to do something like that, that would be delightful. It would be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So... uh, Monday night. Let me know if you want to be a part of that. I don't want to send something out because I want you to take a step and come and see me about that. And then uh, talking tonight about uh, gratitude. And I'm going to send out probably four, four different uh, either articles or inventories, or tests, things that you can use on Thanksgiving. I do it with my family all the time, almost every year, probably every year. We do either a Thanksgiving quiz, or an inventory, or write an, uh, I write an article, and then we uh, discuss it together. It's a good time to, to come together and be thankful and learn more about Thanksgiving. So I'd, I'd put this uh, way at the top of the list for things I'd want to see in my kids. If you ask me what are the qualities that I would most want to see, I would probably uh, put humility and thanksgiving right up there near the top. Before I do that, I want to introduce my friend Ken Beaudry. When you said something about the presence, I thought of Ken because he carries a lot of peace and he carries the presence of the Lord. We were coming back from over the big pond. I think you were probably in the Ukraine. And I was in Scandinavia, and we ended up on the same plane. We had a good time together. I said, Ken, I want what you've got in terms of ministry, faith, carrying God's presence. And he said, well, I'd like the leadership that you've got. So I said, well, let's pray for each other. (laughs) So this is mutual prayer. And he came tonight because he wanted to see what was happening here and to, to experience it. And for God to bless him, maybe uh, do an increase in, in an area of leadership with regard to young adults. He wants to pass the baton. He's one that believes in young people. So I want to pray with him. I want you to help me uh, pray for Ken. And uh, let's believe that God has a word for him. It, it uh, may come through you. may come uh, in his heart. But those of you who are sitting next to him, if you, if you want to... Reach over to him and show uh, 
Now, at a time like this, we just wait and we listen. We don't get spooky. We don't try to make something happen. What we're doing is simply listening because we believe that God does talk. Didn't know that as a, as a young man. But I came to find out that God talks and he can speak to us. And he may, he may say something to you for Ken. So if he does, if he whispers something, and I don't mean with an audible voice, but in your heart, if you sense something for Ken, that we'll, we'll receive that. You can, you can speak it out now. I say pass the baton. Pass the baton because people are going to take it and you're going to see them run and they're going to carry the anointing that God's put on you and they're going to go. They're going to go far. They're going to go wide. Pass the baton. Yes. If others get things, if you could write it down and pass it along to him, because uh, anybody else get things for him? Okay. Go ahead and share it now. I think I'm getting a lot of voices that he is increasing in wisdom in whatever he does. Whenever, whenever he's trying to clear his throat so that he releases people, you just feel more and more wisdom like that coming. So people who have problems or whatever or events happen that uh, people will call him and they'll say that he is being a blessing in this fashion under wisdom Good. We bless you, Ken. We thank you. Uh, we thank you that we can walk with you. We thank the Lord that we can walk with people like you. Thank you for your kindness. And uh, we're glad that we're teamed up with you in what God is doing. So here's my message. And. Uh, Raise your hand if you, if you say, I'm going through a trial or a test. 
in everything give thanks for this is the will of Jesus, you, do, you did this and you do it, nothing through you. You are a man of praise and a man of thanksgiving. And we want your mind tonight. We want to live that way. We don't want situations to throw us. We want situations to turn as we give thanks to you in the midst of disaster, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of stress, in the midst of struggles of trials that come our way. We don't want to be thrown by them. We want to see bad turn to good, evil turn to righteousness, as we thank you in the midst of it. In Jesus' name. When you see people that do that, you sometimes see miracles break through. Like here's Paul and Silas. They're singing choruses at midnight with their body battered. That isn't the normal thing. That is not intuitive. It doesn't happen that way. You complain. You ache. But they decided instead to worship God, to give thanks, and God rattled the place, came down. A church was planted. And Paul, he didn't think about himself, so you'd think he would have said something about it when he wrote to Philippi. didn't even mention the fact. Somebody today would have written a book about it and you know, made a movie out of it. But Paul didn't even mention it. He called afflictions light and momentary. They didn't get to him. He wasn't a victim. So I'm going to ask you some what ifs. What if you thank God in the midst of tests and you saw God turn them into testimonies? That isn't just a cute saying. It's absolute truth. And I hope you try it. I hope you go after it. 
since I've been doing that in more recent years, I've seen tests turn into testimonies. What if you slowly changed the place where you live or work or go to school because you have an outstanding grateful heart? Have you noticed that complaining is contagious? You know, if you start doing it and and you can get in the rhythm of complaining about the boss, about the teacher, about the pastor, about the parent, about the sibling. But you know what? Gratitude is also contagious. And a person that has a spirit of thanksgiving can change a room, can change a school, can change a business. How about that? How about if that were you? How about if you decided that I could be that kind of a person? Number three, what if you shed your whining, develop gratitude, and you found it more fun? Good idea! It's even more fun than complaining! Let's try it. Let's just try it and see if we find that it's more fun. Let's say for the next week, we're not going to complain. We're not going to complain about the government. We're not going to complain about parents. We're not going to complain about the teacher, about the coach, about what's happening, about the weather. For goodness sake about the weather. Who are we talking to when we complain about the weather? His name is the great I am, by the way. So here's some questions, and then I want to look at a passage in Luke 17. Here's some questions. Do you resist the temptation to complain because of your situation? Think about the situation you're in right now. You complain about it? Or are you thanking God for it? I'll tell you, if you're thanking God for it, you're going to learn some wonderful lessons. You're going to, you're going to be so thankful. You're going to, hey, let's stay here a little while. Have you chosen, here's a big one, have you chosen to give thanks rather than holding on to a wound? Some of you are nursing a wound. I'm not saying that we don't get battered. I'm not saying that abuse is is not reality. I'm not saying that there aren't difficulties that hit us hard. Paul was wounded. He knew what it was to be wounded. But how many of you have chosen to give thanks rather than to hold it, to embrace it as your identity. Here, do you give thanks rather than expecting the world to wait on you? When you become a victim, it's about you. And you look for people who can identify with you. How about if instead you turned it into thanksgiving and you didn't expect the world to wait upon you. Because when you, when you turn into a, a victim, you, you feel a sense of entitlement. Like, people should be kinder. People should see me. Yoo-hoo! And then it turns in God. Yoo-hoo! You're blessing people. I just don't happen to be one of them. What about me? I go to Sunday school. I teach. The elder brother deserved it, right? So he didn't get it. His father said, everything I've got is yours. He couldn't access it because he felt entitled to it. He deserved it. If you feel like you're entitled to something better, better parents, some of you think you should have better parents. I talked to a guy who's an evangelist. He would tell me about his parents. 
One of these days, I'm going to tell them, you're trying to change your parents. You're not accepting who they are. You want better parents, don't you? You want more spiritual parents. Kids don't need to change their parents. They need to honor them. You honor them, you'll be grateful. And we're going to hear about that a little bit later from Jacob, where God changed his life. Okay. Are you thankful for what you have so you don't feel like you deserve more? Has Thanksgiving turned to skepticism because things didn't turn out the right way? Or, when things didn't turn out the right way, were you able to say, God, I thank you, because I know you're going to do something good in the midst of this. I know you're good at that. I've talked to some of you where you've done that. You've seen it happen. You've got testimonies of that. So wonderful to see. Are you generous with your words and with your money? You know, it's interesting that these are siblings. When God teaches you one, it usually rubs off on the other. If he teaches you generosity, you, you become more grateful. If he teaches you gratitude, you become more generous. It's wonderful. They go hand in hand. Turn to Luke chapter 17. We'll look at this together, and I'm going to say some words about ingratitude and about gratitude. We're going to invite Jacob to come up and share a wonderful testimony, and then we'll pray together. Verse 11, now on his way to Jerusalem. So Jesus is on his way. It says in Luke chapter 9, way back in Luke 9, it says he set his face steadfastly to go to Jerusalem. So he's on the way to Jerusalem. He will not be detained. He's got an assignment to carry out. He's going to the cross. This is chapter 17. Two chapters later, he's walking into Jerusalem. So we're getting close. This is countdown time. He's on his way to Jerusalem. Jesus traveled across the border between Samaria and Galilee. He would go through Samaria. The disciples would go around. They didn't like Samaritans. And he was going into a village. Ten lepers who had leprosy met him. Do you know anything about one of the lepers? He was a Samaritan. Interesting that when you're an outcast, hey, you might as well be buddies. You know, hey, we can hang out together because... You can't go to your synagogue. People don't like me. I, I don't have any social life. So they banded together. They saw, they stood at a distance. You know why they stood at a distance. And called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, they need, they need healing from leprosy. One might expect that Jesus would have said, be healed, like he says a lot. But what does he say? Go show yourself. That's the Department of Health and Welfare. The priest acted in that capacity. So they were going to get checked out. But they're not well yet. But do you know that sometimes Jesus will give us a test? Like he the priest, you step into the water and it's going to part. Hey, they've got something on their shoulders, the Ark of the Covenant. If that water doesn't part, they're going to, they're in for a, you know, they're going to get wet. The Bible says, draw near, what does it say? And 
But sometimes God says to you to take the first step. Act in faith. He wants us to get rid of that passivity. Remember when Jesus came down from the mountain and the disciples were feuding because they couldn't cast out the demon and the, this uh, father who was concerned for his son, he thrust him to Jesus and said, if, if you can do anything, help me. And you would have expected Jesus, I would have expected Jesus to say, of course I'll help you. What did he say? He said, if you can. He said, all things are possible to him who believes. Two things that cause Jesus to marvel. Great faith and the lack of faith. He marvels. He tells these guys, go, go get checked out. And they turn around. So, so that's a good thing. There, there are two good things in the story and one not so good thing. They turn, they all went. And as they're going, what's going to happen to you as you go in faith, as you decide to say, thank you, God, you're in the midst of this, I'm going, I'm stepping out, I'm going for it, I'm not going to hold back, I'm not going to wait and say, I'm, I'm not going into that water, uh-uh, not until it parts. You're going to wait a long time. And so you're ready to step out. You hear God's word and you go. Jesus' word was go, we're going to go. So they step out, and as they do, imagine it, just picture it. My, some of that. Hands, what, what leprosy does for you, it just eats you up. I mean, it takes away your fingers. You know, so you're, I don't know what they were looking like, but if they were in advanced stages, that was pretty remarkable. Their fingers are growing, their toes are growing, scales are coming off, scabs are going away. How exciting can it get? And they find themselves healed. So what happens? One comes back. What was it? Samaritan. You wouldn't have expected the Samaritan to be first. You wouldn't have expected him to come at all. He's coming to a Jew. He knew God had done something. It was evident. And he had to give thanks. And Jesus said, that's okay. That's okay. I understand they, they, they're trying to obey me and go to the priest, or they want to go home and show their family that they're healed. He didn't say that. He asked three questions. What were the questions? Look at them. Okay, where are the nine? Now, what does that say to you? He did, didn't he? He expected gratitude. God works in our heart. He does miracles in our heart. And he wants to turn our heart toward him. Gratitude builds relationship. When you say thank you to somebody, it builds relationship. When you say thank you to God, it builds a relationship with God. He, he wanted them to say it. He invited them to say it. It's a command in all things. Give thanks. So we want to be obedient to that in all things. We don't want to whine, do we? You don't want to be a whiner. You don't want to be a complainer. God moves on your heart. God touches you. God shows you something in the scripture. God has, gives you a coach that, that disciples you, takes an interest in you. And you want to say, thank you, God. Thank you, coach. It builds something in your heart. And Jesus is waiting for that. It closes the loop. It finishes the agenda. Thanksgiving is a wonderful thing. Ingratitude is not a wonderful thing. And he said, 
Where are the nine? What did, what did he say? What else did he say? That was a question. Was no one found to return and give thanks to God except this foreigner? He's saying, what? And then I like what he said to him. Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. I wonder if that word was a saving word. I wonder if he was, he was already well. His, his faith, he took a step. I, I just wonder if, if there's more in that word than uh, you just got healed, but there's a relationship that we now have. So I want to say a few things about ingratitude and then about gratitude. And I'm. I wanted to add, you know, this was it two weeks ago. Um, we were studying this. My Japanese ladies, I have a Bible study with Japanese women. And speaking of coming back, she sent an email back, remember? And yes. said, thank you so much for that, the help that uh, I got from this inventory of, uh, about gratitude. She said, I, it has changed my life, I cannot tell you. And, uh, you know, she implemented that. She said, yep, yes, she did it. And you try it if you haven't tried it. Uh, I've tried it in different areas, and it's surprised. It just surprised you and you think thank you Lord that you give us that uh, you know the children's songs that, that says um, a grateful heart a grateful heart is you knew she was going to sing it didn't you well why why do we sing what? because the Lord asked us to sing and, and what does he want us to sing about is to praise him and to be grateful he knows how our brain works he knows how it's going to be good for us in body Soul and mind. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so, just a couple things about ingratitude. Oh, I asked you to, uh, I wanted to pray for you as, as you were hearing the word. Put your hand uh, on the person next to you. I want to I pray. Uh, pray for God's spirit to be working gratefulness as I talk. We're trusting you, Holy Spirit. We're trusting you, Jesus, Son of God. We're trusting you, Father, to work this in us. We can't make it happen. We can't manufacture, but we can put on the clothes the clothes of righteousness, the clothes that you give us. Would you put on clothes of gratefulness and allow us to, to wear them with joy and dignity. Teach us what it means to be grateful. Okay. So I wrote a letter that I want to read to you about entitlement, I asked the, the group that I've been mentoring, I said, is entitlement an issue with the millennial generation? What do you think they said? That's what they did. They just laughed. <laughs> 
they I'm looking for the letter. I thought I made a copy of it, but I Uh, sorry. I'm gonna turn to somebody and tell them what you're thankful for. I got it. Yeah, I put it. Thank you. Okay, I'm saying dear brother because I'm not giving you the name of the person I wrote to. Pardon? There you go. It's easy for us to fall in to a place where, where we feel somewhat victimized by circumstances. We feel victimized by people, by the, by the parents we got, or by the situation we're in, or by the loss of the job, or, or somehow we're all in that place from time to time. And so I was watching this happen in a brother, and so I wrote a long letter. I don't know if I'll read the whole thing, but the Bible portrays God as a healing God, one who heals broken bones and broken lives. In fact, he's near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. The Bible says little in a direct way about children with a father who didn't give them what they needed. Many sadly live with similar circumstances to yours. What the Bible does say is good news. Number one, God uses all things for his purpose. He doesn't waste anything, including the sorrows of our past. The second thing the Bible makes clear, God tells us to give thanks in all things. It is one way to express faith in a God who overturns evil with good, as he did for Joseph and David. They were victimized, but they weren't victims. So rather than saying we got the wrong father or crippled because of the parents we were given, a biblical response would be, thank you for the father you gave me, for all you taught me through him. To say one was given the wrong father would implicate God and hamper one's progress. Many with poor parents have chosen to make the most of it. Absalom, did he have a good father? David was a better fighter than a father. He didn't know how to show love to Absalom. Absalom needed it. He had bitterness. Had he been able to forgive his dad, he might have been the next king because he was most like his father of any of the sons. He chose instead to harbor resentment, tried to kill him. He was killed in the process. David cried. Did he love him? Yeah, he loved him. He just didn't know how to show it. And yet Absalom wasn't able to forgive his father. Some of you need to forgive your parents. You need to thank them for what they gave you and forgive them for what they did. I'm going to stop right here. That's something that Jacob is going to tell us about in a little bit. About what he did to build a relationship with his father. So I'm stopping right here. Heavenly Father, there are those here that are struggling in their relationship with their parents. 
and they don't know how to respond to them. Even as we pray now, would you, would you give them the courage to express gratitude for whatever their parents did give them if, if they flipped a light and the light switch goes on. They could thank their dad for providing. Thank mom for carrying them. Give them the, the courage to let go of bitterness. Amen. Ingratitude holds on to wounds rather than giving thanks. Ungrateful people say, if only, then hide behind the circumstances. If only, what can we say? If only I got the job. If only I didn't flunk out. If only she hadn't died. If only my parents were more spiritual. The victim takes the unfortunate happenings to define his destiny. He, he buries himself in self-pity rather than letting those hardships form character in him. I'm going to send this out to you. And uh, I want Jacob to come up here now because uh, I think uh, Dan uh, and I and uh, Jacob were meeting. Come on up, Jacob. We were meeting together at 5.30 on Tuesdays. And I was doing some mentoring. So I started asking Jacob some questions. I said, how are things? You're going, was it near Thanksgiving? It seemed like it was, or near Christmas? It was a break of some sort. It was some kind of break. And I was saying, you're looking forward to going home? Not really. What's it like, communication? There isn't much. I gave him an assignment. I'd like you to try this assignment. What was my assignment to you? His assignment was to write a letter to my parents showing everything that I was grateful for them for doing to me because a lot of my problem came from what I saw that I didn't get from them. And so, yeah. You want to hear his letter? Yeah. <laughs> want to read it? Yeah. Okay. So this is, <laughs> this is my letter as I wrote it. So, Hi. I have had a lot of good time to think, reflect, and write this recently. I felt like I was supposed to write this down and send it to you guys on the advice of my pastor. It pretty much type, I, It is pretty much typed out like when I thought of it and wrote it all down. I mean it to be a collection of my thoughts about what I appreciate about you and have learned from you. For teaching me how to be responsible. I've learned how not to give up on things that I need to do, even if they're not fun. Dedication to what I've said I'm going to do, because you rarely go back on what you've said. You've set an example for me that has shown me how to accomplish the things I've said and not go back on my word. For making me do chores around the house, sometimes unhappily, on my part, and letting me have and raise those cows has taught me a lot. <laughs> I'm a farm kid. <laughs> I'm really glad you let me have the responsibility of learning how to take care of them and work with them. It has taught me a lot about how to do things and to continue doing them even if they're not always pleasant. I'm also always thankful for when you encouraged me to and made me keep going even when I've been stubborn or frustrating to work with. I'm also very thankful for how you've brought me up. Living on a farm has really built up my love and appreciation for the country, animals, and for God and his creation, which had not been as apparent until I moved to the city. I'm also very thankful for the great family environment you brought me up in. The fact that we went to church every week and you drove me to youth group and catechism each week has ingrained in me a deeper foundation than I knew I had. Did y'all like going? <laughs> no. <laughs> 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 uh, 
<laughs> and that I've been able to build up upon up here. Going as a family and not just on holidays really meant a lot to me. I remember one time, probably freshman year, that I was talking to mom, and she wanted me to go to YFC, which is Youth for Christ, in Mason City. I had never been before, and I did not know anyone there, which was my main reason for refusing to go. But I'm glad that over the years, even when I did not see it, you guys still encouraged me to do the things like that, even when I was afraid to, because going was one of the best decisions of high school. And if I had not gone there, I probably would not have wanted to come to Northwestern. Even when I had not always seen the end product as something desirable, you guys did and kept me going in many things, which was such a great blessing because things like that have happened all through the years and have turned out for the best. Also, the environment you made in our house was really great. I can't ever remember you yelling at us. Yes, there were arguments and disagreements, but however frustrated you got, you never really let it all go at me. Also, that, that both of you were there and that Dad was always supportive, understanding, and there even when times were hard. Not many families have that. These days, it's getting rare and rare to have loving, caring, supportive parents that haven't separated, are not abusive to each other or to us, and actually care about what goes on. To watch Dad never leave, always be dedicated, always working, so that our family is provided for and cared for, and is always caring and supporting Mom, even when things got and get messy, has set such a great example for me when I am when I become a husband and a father and has taught me about what it means to be a man. I'm also very grateful for the atmosphere of love that you guys have built into the family. It has been really great to know since I was a kid that you have loved me and cared for me even when I screw up. It is something that means a lot to me, even more so now. That has also influenced how I see God. It's much easier to believe that God will do anything for you and care for you even when you fall and fail when I have parents that have cared for and provided for me for such a long time. I'm more thankful than I thought I would be in some points for your parenting style. Even though we did not always agree on some things and I enjoy my independence, a lot can be said for you sheltering your kids as much as possible from drugs, sex, alcohol, by the rules that you guys had for us, as well as how you two behaved and treated us and each other, as well as what, what you let us do and watch at home. It was all good. Living in a city will never change how I have been brought up, and I will always be a farm boy at heart, having an inherent love for the outside, any living thing, for people and knowledge of their value. Because of how you've brought me up, I will always treat people like there is more than meets the eye. And no matter how flawed they are, they are a loved child of God and have value and should be treated as such. These are some of the, the things that I've been thinking about recently and wanted to send them to you. Thanks for all that you've done for me as your parent, as my parent. Did this sound like him when he was sitting on the couch? <laughs> Not at all. You were there too. He was whining. <laughs> and he did not want to go home. He didn't have anything good to say about his parents. There wasn't any communication. I've seen them at least three times since then. They're just glowing, so thankful. He became a man when he started showing gratitude. Literally. <laughs> anything you want to... <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. It changed you, didn't it? It did. Um, one of the things about my perspective, it was very self-focused, as he said. And one of the things I've learned from this is no matter what difficulty you're going through, that God has a plan for it. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, it showed through my parents because, you know, all that stuff, their parenting style, I hated going through it. 
and I whined about it all the time, and now I can see what it, who it's made me. And God, with all the stuff I go through, my school, work, everything that's hard, it's just, it, it has, has a plan. It draws us closer to him, and that's, it's just so good to get to know God more by what he puts us through and what we have to deal with. It, he just draws us closer to him. So. Okay. Yes, um, it changed a lot. Sorry. Um, yes. So, I got huge responses. My mom gave me an email that I'll cherish forever. It was probably, um, uh, she said she cried several times, and it was so encouraging to me. I think one of the things she they've told Paul and me several times is that it's like like they've got their son back. Um, it that just kind of speaks to where we where we've been and where how deep that divide kind of was um and so i mean it changed the next time i saw them i was able to speak to them and feel the love that they had for me that i couldn't see because of my ingratitude um and i mean several what a couple months later i couldn't have even imagined it one of the things i did was i had to ask them how, what they thought about me getting married you know it's like that would not have happened before that would have been a really bad conversation not to mention I don't think I would have been man enough to even ha- do that and so it's really changed our lives and it's been upward progress ever since and there's always room for improvement but is he a whiner Maggie <laughs> no. oh. isn't that wonderful yeah. it is wonderful that he he did what he he probably didn't feel like doing it. <laughs> I told him he had to write it out because somewhere in the house this is saved, right? Yeah. Mom's got this. She's going to read it over and over. <laughs> when she gets discouraged, she's going to read this. Way to go. Thanks. I'm going to Skip the rest of the letter. I'll send it to you. And it will be especially helpful for those who identify with pain in their past, who identify it as that's who I am. I am the person who lost the mom, or I'm the person who developed this disease, or I'm the person, and that becomes my identity. And so when you live with that, and you are a victim, ingratitude is, is common. And what happens, it, this is crazy. Satan was the most beautiful creation that God had made. He was called Lucifer, light bearer, beautiful one. And he was so beautiful, he thought he, he, he was entitled to more. And he tried to, to, uh, to make a coup of the throne. That's pretty stupid. And one-third of the angels, somehow he convinced, and they got kicked out of heaven. He became the ugliest person in all creation. Most ungrateful. There is no gratitude among the demons and, and Satan. He never says, hey, thank you, good job. There's ingratitude, and it's ugly. You are beautiful. You are handsome. You're, you're, you have the image of God on you. When you show gratitude, you get more beautiful, more handsome. You become who you are because you're bearing the image of God and you're becoming more like Christ. When there's ingratitude, you begin that slow spiral down, Romans 1. Although they knew God, 
They did not honor him as God or give thanks. And that starts spiraling down to perversion. You don't want to go there. You don't want to start with ingratitude because it gets worse and it makes you ugly, frankly. You just become ugly. <laughs> so, when you're at the center, you're not, you're not beautiful. And Jesus is the center. Man, do you shine. Okay, just some words about gratitude, then we'll pray together. How are we doing? Okay, we're wrapping it up. Gratitude, like I said, it builds relationships. If you need a relationship with Dad, show gratitude. Whatever he did for you. There are things he didn't do for you, right? If you need counseling, we'll pray for you. We'll pray for the father wound. But whatever, whatever was done... Show gratitude. Anybody have a coach that really influenced you and touched you? Anybody? Have you said thank you? I hope you go back if you haven't. One school teacher, uh, we encourage people to go back. Somebody went back and thanked that school teacher. She cried and said, no one's ever come back and thanked me. Let's change that. You change that. Be thoughtful and be thankful. A friend who believed in you. I was thinking just about food today. You know, God could have made it like a filling station where it wouldn't be good. It tastes good. We can say, thank you, God. This, boy, this burrito tastes good. <laughs> you knew what I was thinking. Okay. Gratitude reverses bad with good. Say it. Gratitude reverses bad with good. Whining does it. Whining has no power to reverse it. It digs the hole deeper. But when you show gratitude, it starts to turn. You feel it right away. As soon as we started singing beautiful uh, Jesus Loves Me, when this place was flooded in the midst of this addition, it was a terrible time for it to happen, right? In the midst of the addition, as soon as we started singing, about five minutes into the flood, it changed. Everything changed. It was no longer a test. It was going to be a testimony. I've shared about it. 30 times because we, we said thank you and the test is over now. As soon as you say thank you, then you're, something rises in your heart. Faith rises in your heart. Gratitude and faith must be siblings because when you show gratitude, faith is built up. And the final thing, gratitude proves the law that what you give, you get. You give gratitude, you get it. You sow whining, man, it comes back to you. You get a harvest of wine. <laughs> it gets worse. The hole gets deeper. But when you, you learn to show gratitude for little things and big things, it starts growing. And you think of other, you, your eyes. He got eyes to see things that he hadn't seen before, right? When you went back. And, and a, I, it must have spread to other people. You got a wife out of that whole deal. <laughs> Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Guys are getting ideas now. Okay. So, I really want to learn in this. Because I know I whine. I know I complain. I know I've got a long ways to go, but I'm on the way. And I want you to be with me. I want us to together to build such an atmosphere, an attitude of gratitude, 
that uh, we change, starting with our own families, and then we branch out. Maybe your workplace, where they're whining or complaining about the boss. You know, I disagree with many of the things that the president does. I am deeply grateful that America has had a democracy for well over 200 years. No other country has ever survived for that long with a democracy, a, re a republic. So I'm grateful that we have stability in our government. It's not going to be overthrown tomorrow. It's going to be there tomorrow. There are problems, all kinds of problems. But it's stable. And we can thank God, the Bible says, to pray for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. So got some people here that are going to give it a try. They're going to go, go the way of gratitude. And, and you can think of people now that you're going to, in the next couple of days, you're going to be thanking some people. Anybody going to get ready to raise your hand? Is going to do it? Anybody going to do what he did and write a letter? To, okay, good deal, good deal. I see those hands. If you want to send it to me, I'd love to read it before or after. I want to see those letters. This will be exciting. We're going to have some changed households. Okay, let's just uh, just hold your hands out like you're receiving a gift. Ken, could I ask you to pray pray uh, with us here? And uh, well, just whatever whatever you're led to pray with related to yeah related, related to, to the this. message, huh? Yeah. No, what, what Paul is saying is so true. You know, uh, that's one of the strengths I've had over the years is being thankful. God has just really blessed my life, and oh. I just want to release an impartation Good. of thankfulness and, and gratitude. Good. So, Father, whew, Father, I just ask that you'd release grateful hearts. Lord, yeah. pull out negativity out of people tonight. Yes. Lord, if there is yes. negativity in our hearts yeah. and souls, and we just have a hard time. Everything looks gray and black, and we can't see the light. We can't see the goodness. We can't see... The beautiful day, even you know, in the morning and the dawn, and just everything about life. Father, I release life. In Him is life, and that life is a light of men, and the light shines in the darkness. The light shines. So, Jesus, I release your light in your life tonight. I release your impartation of your love. Father, gratitude. We just release, Holy Spirit, I see you flapping your wings right now, and there's a breeze. There's a breeze blowing across us of gratitude, yeah. of a grateful heart, a gr grateful heart. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, yeah. and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Yes. Yeah. You're blessing his holy name. You're going to start. Some of you have never started your day up getting when you're. Feet hit the floor of just thanking the Lord for the day, thanking the Lord for your victory that day. Just thank, and there's something coming on you right now. Some of you is going to be start to be spontaneous when you get up in the morning. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when you get up in the morning, you're going to be thankful. You're going to have gratitude. And it's going to be spontaneous. And, and you're, it's going to, so God's going to surprise you. God's going to surprise you. Ha. Huh. Thank you, Father. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for a release of what you just did. 
Haha. Amen. going to turn to someone close to us and pray. Someone near you, one-on-one, pray for God's spirit to be at work.
When Ken prayed, he could see the Spirit moving, touching you, turning your heart toward him. Those who would like prayer from Ken, he's going to stay up front and he'll pray with you. So go ahead and turn right now and pray for one another.